0: This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 15th, 2011. After the Resurrection, Revelation.
1: Well, good morning, Connection Church. You know, as I was, we were just listening to that song, I just love that song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. And were our hearts uh, not stirred when we saw our kids up here dancing and praising the Lord? At the beginning of this service, that was great. Stephanie, thank you for making that happen. And to all of you ladies, and uh, we had one young man, Gabe, who was part of that. We just look forward to what God's going to do next. So thank you so much. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for already revealing yourself to us through the, the children who were here earlier, uh, dancing, bowing down before you, and our young people, Lord. Now open the eyes of our hearts so that we might see you uh, be transformed and changed by your word found in scripture. Help us leave a little bit different than when we came in this morning. We give this time to you, Lord, and help us set aside the, maybe the agendas of the day and just focus on, on you right now. We pray this in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay, so we want to just bless the, praise the Lord for blessing us with a wonderful week's vacation. You know, it's always good to get away, but it's always really great to be back, and it's wonderful to be here with you all this morning as we praise and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to say a big shout-out. Thank you to Diane Laird, although she's not here today. For uh, bringing the message last week. We understand she did an absolutely marvelous job, and we are just so blessed to have her with us, not only on the keyboard in the band here, but also to bring the message when she does. We thank her for that. And so today we start a new series after the resurrection. Today we are going to be focused on Revelation, not the book in the Bible, but the concept Revelation. So picture this it's the evening of that first Easter over 2,000 years ago. Now, on Easter this year and then the following week, we we talked about how even after disciples first saw the empty tomb, how they still didn't quite understand what had happened. They still didn't quite capture that Jesus had resurrected. How even though Jesus had told them what what needed to happen, told them what uh, had to happen, what was going to happen... They still didn't quite get it when it did happen. They were, well, they were confused. That's the word, confused. Um, What we haven't really talked about, though, was the other emotion that was confronting the disciples that day, and that emotion was fear. That emotion was fear. At this point, not only are they a little confused, but they are really afraid as well.
1: And so if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to take a look at a few scriptures in John chapter 20. Right now, verse 19, just a part of verse 19. The Bible tells us, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the door locked for fear of the Jewish leaders... Dot. Dot. Dot.
0: We'll get to the dot, dot, dot later. So for right now... They were together in a locked room, fearful of what the Jewish leaders might do. Some scholars believe that they were gathered in that same room that they had gathered uh, with Jesus to share that last supper, where they had shared their final Passover meal together. The disciples had seen after that meal what had happened to Jesus. They'd heard the shouts crucify, and they had witnessed his arrest, and his crucifixion. They had seen him slowly die on a cross. As his closest followers, they were afraid. And they were afraid because who's to say that they're not going to end up the same fate as, as Christ? Uh, they were afraid they might too end up hung on a Roman cross.
1: Just think about where the disciples were at this point emotionally. They had sold out for Christ. They had walked with Jesus for three years. Jesus was their small group leader, but it was a little bit different than what we practice today with going to small group on a Tuesday night or a Thursday afternoon or a Saturday morning. I mean, the disciples were with him 24-7. They were together nearly all the time, eating together, worshiping together, um, doing ministry together, and so this was like a small group with Jesus as their leader. Yeah,
0: but he was more than just their small group leader because they had sold out for Jesus. They were all in. <clears throat> he was their life, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And now he was gone. He was gone. And they weren't thinking a whole lot about resurrection and what that meant. Even though Mary had come back and told from the tomb and told them that she had seen and talked to the risen Christ, even though those two guys on the road to Emmaus had, had uh, finally realized that it was Jesus they were talking to and had run back and shared with the disciples, even though they were aware of all that, it wasn't resurrection on their minds. What was on their minds was Fear. Fear.
1: Probably this fear might stem from these questions. What now? What's next? You know, they were lost. Their leader was not with them anymore. And certainly when they were walking with Jesus and spending those three years, it's not like Jesus was the most predictable person. (laughs) But they knew that he was there. And they knew You know, when you're in the presence of the Lord, it had to be just incredible. They had given up their old ways of living. As uh, I often say, they jumped from the shallow end of the pool into the deep end. They had left their old life. And as we spoke about two weeks ago when we preached on the aha moment, those guys on the road to Emmaus, when they, you know, they said, we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. That's probably where the disciples were. We had hoped he was the one. And now he's gone. So much for the life as they had known it.
0: Many of you maybe have been there or are there now. You know, maybe you've gotten into a routine and things are going along fairly smoothly, predictably, you know, and... You know, even though that gets a little mundane at times, you know, you might even say, boy, this gets a little boring. There's some, there's some real pluses to that routine, to that predictability. Can I get an amen there? Yeah, there's some real pluses in knowing what to expect, even though it might not always be on the edge of your seat exciting. And maybe you've also um, had your routine, either in the past or even right now, severely disrupted. And usually that disruption, as was the case with the disciples, is because of some kind of a loss. Maybe the loss was a death to somebody close to you, somebody you loved, a family member, a, a friend or, or someone. Or, or maybe it was your health, a change in your health, a loss in your health. Maybe it was the loss of a relationship that you held dear. Maybe Maybe it's a job loss, a career loss, a, a loss of what you thought was going to be. You know, the list goes on. And in that loss, your world is or was turned upside down, and, and out of that, you were or you are fearful because well, you used to have a pretty good idea. Sorry. You used to have a pretty good idea of what was going to happen next, and, and now, and now you just don't know.
1: That's where it seems that the disciples were at this point. You know, they had a pretty good idea that Jesus was predictably unpredictable. But at this point, well, now they just don't know. They don't know what's in store for them but and there's always a but that changes in an instant when we take a look again at john chapter 20 and we continue on verse 19 we read this on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together picture them being together the doors locked for fear of the jewish leaders jesus came and stood among them and said what did he say yeah, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord.
0: Can you imagine having been there in that room? Wouldn't that have just been the wildest thing? It I just boggles my mind. They're all huddled in this locked room, scared to death, and Jesus comes. What does it say? He came and, uh, and stood among them. Interesting, yeah, did I ever wonder how he got in? Did he unlock the door? Did he pick the lock? Did he, uh, uh, was he strong enough to break? Did he just walk through the door? Did he walk through the wall? It doesn't tell us, does it? It just says, he came and stood among. I guess that's not the important part, is it? It's not important how he got in the room. What's important is that line right there that's highlighted. Say it with me, will you? Peace be with you. That's the important thing, isn't it? That he's there with them, and he says, "Peace be with you." In other words, I can I can boil this down to two words: fear not. Fear not. You know, it's the same it's the same words that were spoken by the angel several times, 33 years earlier, when he was born. You remember, several times the angels say, "Fear not. Be not afraid. Peace be." With you because the thing is, when Jesus is there, when He's able to say, I'm here, we know everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay.
1: Then Scripture tells us that He showed them His hands and His side, <clears throat> He was revealing who He truly was. He wanted them to know for sure and for certain that he was the resurrected Christ. He was the one that had been hung on that Christ. Jesus revealed himself to them, and in turn, they had a revelation. No longer were they trying to make sense of this themselves based on some circumstantial hearsay. You know, they had heard that he was alive, but this time they saw. You know, before they had looked in the empty tomb, and they're thinking, hmm, well, now they saw Christ right before their eyes. They had evidence that he was the risen Lord, that he was with them. And the words he said, peace be with you. Wow. You know, hey, how you doing? No, peace be with you. And they were overjoyed. Scripture says.
0: Unfortunately, not all the disciples were there that night in the room. One was missing. His name was Thomas. He wasn't there. Later, they told him all about what had happened. They filled him in. But Thomas said he wouldn't believe until he saw the nail marks in Jesus' hands and put his hand in the nail holes and and, and, and into Jesus' side where he'd been stabbed with the sword there. See, Thomas wanted proof. He wasn't going to go on hearsay. He wanted proof. He wanted proof that this person they saw was, in fact, the risen Christ.
1: Well, because of that, Thomas got a name that some of you may be familiar with. He's called Doubting Thomas. You know, even people who don't know Scripture say he was a Doubting Thomas or she was a Doubting Thomas. Well, that's where it came from, Doubting Thomas. But... The truth is, he wasn't much different than his buddies, the disciples. They didn't believe either. So he needed to see proof. And the truth is, we're not a whole lot different either. Hmm. Because there are times when we feel like we want proof. We want proof that Jesus is real. We want proof that Jesus is among us. We want proof that Jesus has the power to transform our lives. We want to see Jesus. We want to feel Jesus. We want to experience Jesus. We want proof that Jesus is who Jesus says he is. Yeah.
0: Scripture tells us later that week, the disciples again were all together in the house. This time Thomas was with them. Uh, apparently, they're still a little fearful. <laughs> Because again, the doors are locked. And once again, Jesus comes and stands among them and says, say with me, peace be with you. And then he told Thomas to put his finger where the nail had been in his hand, to put his hand in Jesus' side where he'd been stabbed with a sword. And he told Thomas to stop doubting and believe.
1: Stop doubting
0: and believe.
1: Well, we're not actually told what Thomas did, but we are told what Thomas said. Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Can you just imagine where Thomas was at, you know, in his head? And here the risen Christ was, Okay, here I am. Go ahead and touch. He didn't seem to need to at this point. (laughs) He was there, my Lord and my God, he responds. But then Jesus finishes by saying, it's John 20, verse 29. In fact, why don't you say it with me? Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe.
0: Jesus blessed the disciples by allowing them to see him resurrected, allowing them firsthand evidence that he, in fact, had come back from the dead, that he, in fact, lived once again. Jesus points out to us that it's not so great a challenge to believe. What when one has actually seen the risen Lord. But he says those who have not seen and yet believe are the ones who are blessed. People like you and me and so many, many others, people who have been in the presence of the risen Christ but haven't actually seen him. And you know, we may want proof, but how are we going to get it? Because Jesus, after he he was on the earth a few days after resurrected, and then he ascended to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He ascended. It's it's not real likely that he's going to walk through that door today. I mean, he could, but it's not real likely. It's not real likely that he's going to stand, the resurrected Christ is going to stand here amongst us this morning. It's not that he can't do it. It's just that it doesn't seem like that happens very often. Amen? Amen. I don't hear about that happening too often not likely he's going to be here in the flesh with us this morning the thing to remember is this that even though we may not actually see and touch the the risen christ it doesn't mean that jesus doesn't reveal himself to us when i think of this i kind of i think about the wind last night the wind was blowing pretty good wasn't it did anybody see the wind last night it's because it was dark, right? You can only see the wind in the day. T- no, duh. You can't see the wind, can you? So does that mean it's not real? Of course not. Because you feel the wind, don't you? You feel it. And also you can see the results. If you have, like with us, when I see patio furniture knocked over, I know the wind has been, you know, I see the results. I feel it and I see the results. That's how I know the wind is real.
1: Jesus reveals himself to us in so many ways. There's a great Bible study called Experiencing God. And in that, um, those of us who have taken it know that Jesus reveals himself through, first of all, scripture. That's, That's primo. Through people, through each other, through circumstance, through the church, through prayer jesus reveals himself in so many ways and we might feel his presence in intangible ways but we don't need to see him i know a couple years ago i was in this really bad bad place where i was confused about even my call to ministry and it was just a time that lasted for a year or so and you know where the place I could see Jesus the most was when I looked in the eyes of, of my first grandbaby, of Isabella. That's where I could see God. So I spent so much time just clinging to that little girl because that's how God revealed himself to me. God does that in so many different ways. Jesus reveals himself to to you, to me, in so many different ways. And when we're in the midst of lots and lots of turmoil, God can say to us, peace be with you. Through the eyes of a child, through scripture, through prayer, peace be with you. And our fears are calmed. we experience that peace that passes all understanding, not a peace that the world gives, but a peace that only God can give through the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells in us. Those of you who were here last week and watched Diane Laird preach, experienced that. Now, some of you might not know this, but her dad, Charlie Hulse, who's a member of our church, and I have permission to say this, Charlie's in his last days. He's ready, by the way. He's ready to meet the Lord. He has seen the Lord, and it's been glorious. And Diana's with him right now. But she was able, because of the peace of the Lord, to stand up here and proclaim the word of God in the midst of knowing that her father might not be alive when she got done. (laughs) That's the peace that only God can give. He gave it to her. He can give it to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the way God works. God wants to pour that in and through you. We don't have to see God, but we can experience God. The other thing about that is that it's not a feeling either. It's a decision to believe that God's going to do what God's going to do in your life. And in my life, we need to choose to trust, especially in those kinds of circumstances.
0: Hmm. And so we, we realize Christ when we we can feel him, we can feel his presence, and 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 we also um, Jesus reveals himself to us often in in results. In what happens around us, we often see it in terms of miracles, and sometimes we're. we're we hesitate to call things miracles, and I don't know why. Uh, just the birth of a child is absolutely a miracle. And you all know that, especially if you've ever been there for it. But, you know, in, in terms of healings, for example, you know, some people don't believe that uh, Christ still heals today. Well, that's nonsense. Uh, I know I've seen it, many of you have seen it, Maybe you have experienced it. Physical, relational. Emotional, spiritual healings. You know, a doctor comes out and says, You know, this thing was on the x ray yesterday and it's not today. Uh, that must have been a bad x ray yesterday. Or says, I can't explain it, but it's, not. well, we can explain it, can't we? We know what happened. It's not a bad x ray, it's a great x ray. <laughs> It's a you know a, a Jesus induced change on that X ray. We know that, or or maybe as we've shared before, and maybe you're aware, maybe it's in your life a relationship that you know sometimes relation a uh, a uh, 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 physical healing is is peanuts compared to some of the relational healings we've gotten to see. A relationship that seems way beyond repair, that's definitely uh, ready to go in the so-called relationship grave. And, and 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 Jesus resurrects that relation, and doesn't just resurrect it, but glorifies it and redeems it to 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 new possibilities that weren't even dreamed of previously. Miraculous healing takes place, and now we know. Of course, we know the source of that healing, don't we? It's Christ. It's Christ revealing Himself to us in in, in these in these ways. You know. We don't actually see him in the flesh, but we see the results that he brings about, the risen Christ. And, and yeah, the, the thing is that the, the, the healing, the results, the, 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 uh, the uh, healings don't always take the form that we wanted, that we told Jesus they should look like. That's okay, because Jesus is going to bring them about and reveal them to us in the way they should be. Yeah, Jesus reveals himself in the midst of these miraculous healings around, among, and within us and, and sometimes we realize it and recognize it right then and there and sometimes we only recognize it when we look back and say, oh uh-huh.
1: aha <laughs> uh-huh.
0: now I see it now I see it
1: you know we've said before that God never wastes the hurt God can take the mess ups the tragedies, the hurts in our lives, and use them to bring glory. God can use whatever's going on in your life to teach you, but also as a witness to God carrying you through to a new place. You know, Jesus appearing to his disciples, there they were all huddled in that upper room, and they were scared and and lonely, that's how we are sometimes where we just want to pull the covers over our heads or we're in that you know in our room just shaking in our boots. Those times in our lives that are just turned upside down and we're wondering just like the disciples did what's going to happen next. Those times in our lives when the basic routines are completely disrupted we're not sure about anything. So the question becomes this. The question is, are we going to be like the doubting Thomas? Are we going to be like those disciples who had to see? Or are we going to stand on our faith and trust that God's promises are truth? God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises in Scripture that are meant for us to live by, to stand by, whether we feel it or not. Are we going to be overjoyed when we experience the risen Christ in whatever way God chooses to re- reveal Himself to us? Or are we going to stay huddled in that room of fear?
0: You know, Revelation is central to the Easter story. It's central to us as Easter people. It's an absolutely crucial part of our stories with Jesus Christ. The question is then, where has Jesus revealed himself to you, and how? And the thing is, are you expecting him to reveal himself again? Again? Because oftentimes, if we're not expecting it, it might happen. We might not even recognize it. Are you ready? Are you expecting? Are you ready for that revelation of Christ? And and when Christ does reveal himself to you again, what are you going to do with it? When Jesus visited the disciples in the upper room on that first Easter night, here's the rest of what he said, John 20, 21 through 22. He says, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, say it with me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, Jesus. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit.
1: You know, God's breathing on each one of you. And he's saying, Receive me, receive me the Holy Spirit. It's breathing life right into you. Are you going to open up your heart and receive? And when you receive that, I'll tell you what, it's too good to keep to yourself. So be sure to share it with someone else. Share the good news. Be a witness to what Christ has done in your life and how God has walked with you through the good times and the tough times. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. It's through the Holy Spirit that we receive the comfort, the guidance, the direction, the correction from God to walk out our days. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Well, God, we confess that there are times when we just Seem to need proof. Forgive us for those times. Help us make the decision to stand on faith in you and trust instead of uh, just depending on our, our feelings. You know, feelings come and go, but the word of the Lord stands forever. We thank you for this time together and help us follow you and trust you order our steps we pray this in the name of the risen christ and by the power of the holy spirit and all of connection church said amen
0: thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about connection community church in middletown delaware please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org you can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with
1: Jesus and the life that He offers.